Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody's favorite cinema podcast, Looking California at Peel, Minnesota. My name is Michael McCaffrey. I am Looking California, as I should. I'm a beautiful man. We're here to talk about movies. That's what we do. I'm joined by Barry Anderson, who is feeling Minnesota. Barry, what's going on, man? What's what's happening in your life? Well, uh, as we as we have pockets in, around our busy schedule, we uh trying to I know that this summer is the first time in a while where we feel like there's kind of a, a glut of movies, especially from franchises mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So there's for a while it's you and I are like, there's nothing to see. Now it's like, oh geez, we better go watch movies a lot more frequently <laughs> to keep up with this. Yes. Now we'll find so, out whether or not they're any good, but at least there's movies that like, you know, maybe maybe right. there's 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 movies that may not be worth seeing but that we have to see yeah so we'll, that's we'll a better see. way to that needs to be yeah. our new t-shirt people are clamoring for some <laughs> swag on this podcast that might be it <laughs> yeah so <laughs> the movie we're talking about today i hope everybody's buckled up because it's going to be a wild ride we're talking about the flash now the flash came out on june 16th and just so everybody knows, I saw The Flash on June 16th. Barry just saw it last night. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it. The Flash, of course. Now, this shocked me. This is the 13th installment in the DC Extended Universe. <laughs> I, had, I was like, what? And I'm trying to count the movies. And I'm like, that's a lot of forgettable movies you got there. Holy cow. Um now the the movie stars, of course, uh, everybody's favorite lunatic Ezra Miller plays the Flash. Um, also in the film, Sasha Kaye, uh, Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, uh, Gal Gadot. There's a bunch of cameos. People show up and they're there. Ron Livingston is in the movie. Michael Shannon. I'm trying to trying to remember all these people, and it. The story, now The Flash, uh, Ezra Miller's Flash, first appeared in, I think it was Batman vs. Superman. I could be wrong. Either that or it's Justice League. And that's sort of our introduction to him. And uh, that's that's that. Now, this story is very convoluted. There's a bunch of uh, time travel and multiverse sort of stuff that all you know comic book movies people are used to this sort of business and uh it's sort of hard to describe the plot of the film i don't know how to do it so i'm just going to dive into the particulars uh the film was directed by andy machete uh screenplay by christina hudson i told you who's starring in it the movie it uh it runs for two hours and 24 minutes it has a budget 220 million dollars and it has made 217 million dollars quite a hill to climb and uh, as i said it came out the 16th that's when i saw it and uh this is a weird movie for dc because it connects back to the snyderverse movies um but those movies are now sort of we're being told that storyline's not continuing because james gunn took over dc films and he's starting his own thing so this movie's sort of hanging in the wind, um, but it put a lot of money into promotion, a lot of money into marketing. It's a very conflicted marketing campaign because Ezra Miller has a lot of issues. He got arrested a bunch of times. He's got a lot of bad press. 
So he didn't do any press for this. So the movie is out. I saw it. I was excited to see it. I liked The Flash as a character. I actually liked Ezra Miller in the role in the Snyderverse. I'm one of the few people. Um, and I've seen it. And Barry saw it. And I'm really interested to hear what Barry has to say about this movie because there's a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. There is. And so the question is, do we try to talk about it for a bit without spoilers or do we just warn spoilers and we don't have to dance around it? I mean, I think we can do spoilers at this point just because it's out two weeks. It's like if you were chomping at the bit to see it, you would have seen it. Um, and I think it's re you really can't talk about it without spoiling stuff. So I think we should just say, listen, if you really want to see this without any knowledge of it, you're probably out of luck. I wanted to, but they damn commercials and trailers told us all this shit that I didn't want to know. Go watch the movie and then come listen to this because we're going to spoil this thing. So spoil alert done. Spoiling. Right. Here we go. Well, I'll state this. I don't remember. I think it was in Batman versus Superman, but I remember the scene when the flash came in, there was a giant fight scene and the flash is running around in a circle kind of on the outside of the room. And I remember thinking in whatever movie that was, that this was the highlight. This was like, there was a star was born. There was a likability that popped off the screen. And I was like, boy, I would much rather watch that movie than the movie that I'm suffering through watching whatever movie it was that I was watching. So I think that was Justice League. Yeah. Justice League. So I I was excited because you know you know the Flash I grew up pretending to be the Flash. I do not know much about the extended universe in terms of you know all the villains, all the stuff. So there's a familiarity but also kind of a blank canvas, which can be fun in superhero movies where it's not so obscure that you have no idea but also not like, oh, good, we're going to watch the same origin story over and over and over again. Mm. So that was <clears throat> my setting coming into this movie. And obviously, I'm. we talked about this a little off, off air, that in the rush to get people into seats, trailers in general have gotten too long and too spoiler heavy, giving you way, you know, way too much, so there's very little to experience when you get in mm. the theater. And Definitely. having watched it, the 100%, they you could have had the theater screaming at certain scenes yep and they they missed all of those in the paranoia of what is turning out to be prophetic that it's not doing very well and whether or not the word of mouth over those scenes would have been enough we we can maybe double back on this at the end when we tell more of our overall thought um what did you say the runtime was in this movie two hours 24 minutes so by my rough calculations, I think the movie was about 55 minutes too long. Uh, yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 224 minutes too long. No, 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 no. There, I mean, this, this movie, this is maybe the longest two hour and 25 minute movie I've ever seen in my life. I, I don't know. I, I, I've analyzed a lot since I watched it last night going like, how come it felt? so long because it wasn't boring isn't the right term because i've seen movies that are very slow and kind of like you know meandering this movie just felt like come on hurry up move tell me something do something be something 
And I think when that just rotates in your head for two hours and 25 minutes, it almost just echoes in your brain and it kind of overpowers. Um, and so my, my very high level is I did not like the movie. Um, it's got all kinds of problems and I don't know how many are problems because of the DC has been a hot mess. I don't know how many are the problems because the director, I don't know how many of the problems, the fact it's had reshoots and stuff over five years and kind of gets hacked together. Um, I have no idea where to place the blame. We could talk about some of what was there, but my high, high level when people have asked, I said, well, this movie's better than black Adam. Well, <laughs> funny thing is, is there, they're comparable in terms of box office, which yeah, is no. horrifying. Actually, Black Adam outperformed The Flash. Box yeah, office. well, it, 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 I'm not saying the bar is very high, and I'm not saying it's clear <laughs> by very much. But if I had to rank them in some list somewhere, this one would slightly rank over Black Adam, which yeah. is not good. I agree. Um, now, I, as I said, I'm a fan of The Flash. I actually like Ezra Miller in the role, in the in the earlier films because he was a supporting actor and okay the, yeah you just tipped off of my one of my huge things i have a, yeah. i had an epiphany watching the movie we talked about this in another podcast but to me ezra miller is a different iteration of tom holland he's very likable like he has a charisma that pops but if you linger on him for too long, it all oh. falls apart and falls flat. And so in this particular movie, the first, I don't know, third, when it's mostly him, is almost intolerable. Well, that, well hold on, no, Hold on. The first <laughs> third is intolerable because it's just him. But then the second third becomes two of him. No, and, well, this is this. Just... <laughs> right. Which is like. Whoa! No, but here, but here's what's weird about that. I, as I felt again, very conflicted, because the interplay improved because he had somebody to bounce off of, but you didn't solve anything with anything happening or doing. So on the other hand, it's just becoming worse of the stuff I didn't like in the first half. So my brain was like, "How did you make it better and worse all at the same time?" And I, when is this movie going to end? So, I again. So I went. I was excited when I heard about this movie, which was years ago, by the way, that I heard this movie was coming and what they were sort of trying to do with it with, again, spoilers are coming, multiple Batman and all this sort of stuff. And then Spider-Man No Way Home sort of beat them to the punch with the multiple Spider-Man thing. They pulled it off pretty well um, with a lot of things. And it's so true what you say about trailers, because... I went and saw Spider-Man the opening weekend and I was there with my son and my wife and, and a friend of ours who, who's almost 80 and um, or he might be 80 at this point. And, you know, so he had no clue what the fuck was going on with, with No Way Home. He's just like, whatever, Spider-Man, I'm just hanging out. I'll do it. But like the place is packed when... Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, came onto the screen. He wasn't J Daredevil. He was just the lawyer, Matt Murdock. People went nuts. They were yelling. They were cheering. They were so excited. 
And of course, my, my 80 year old friend is just like, what the fuck is going on? Why are they cheering <laughs> for this guy? And, you know, you, my wife and my son had no idea who he was. I knew who he was. But I was like, oh, that's cool that you put that in. You're tying in this universe. And then, of course, when all the different old school Spider-Man villains come in and all the old school Spider-Man come in, people went apeshit. With this movie, you gave that all away. The excitement is gone when you're sitting in the theater and you're like, oh, yeah, I know Michael Keaton's going to be Batman. The movie starts, by the way, with Ben Affleck as Batman. It's that it's in the Snyder verse. And then uh, Flash goes through the Speed Force or whatever it's called and jumps to a different universe and then timeline. And that's the one where Michael Keaton is Batman. And that should have been an awesome reveal. And it wasn't. Poorly done. <laughs> so besides the the Ezra Miller issue, and we're going to get into that later. I have a whole rant about Ezra Miller. Besides that problem, you have the problem of the director, uh, Andy Machete. This guy cannot direct, period. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and the script is, is just a train wreck. Christina Hodson wrote this thing. This thing is a mess. And it's supposed to be based, by the way, on the it's loosely based on um the comic storyline flashpoint and flashpoint is dark as hell man and it's really good <laughs> it's really good to give you a for instance um in flashpoint when flash goes to the other batman universe in that universe uh, Bruce Wayne is not Batman. Thomas Wayne is Batman. And he becomes Batman because his son, Bruce, is killed in that robbery attempt in the alleyway. And that turns, that means Bruce Wayne is dead and Thomas Wayne becomes Batman. And here's the kicker. Thomas Wayne and Bruce, Bruce's mother, Thomas's wife, becomes the Joker, a really dark Joker. She she cuts her face just like Heath Ledger's Joker. She, because her son was murdered in front of her, she loses her mind and becomes this vicious criminal. And it's dark, man. It is dark shit going on in that comic. And in this movie, they don't do that. They're just like, no, no, we're just going to jump to like Michael Keaton's universe I and and... Yeah, I'm gonna pause you for a second. Yeah, because I do not know a lot of the source material and the different iterations and the offshoots. What you've just described is the Batman we all deserve. Oh, trust me. And here I'm thinking, <laughs> as as I, mean, I read the comic, and but here here's something to throw out there, and we can get into this later. But I'll just throw this out here. What if that's the movie you make? So you have a slight. You can maybe even use Michael Keaton to play Thomas Wayne, right? That's not inconceivable. Yeah. And then you know who could play his wife? The female Joker? Kate Blanchett could play that role. <laughs> How fucking good would that be? I mean, I, I thought of that and I'm like, oh my God, that would be so good. 
And then you could have this whole storyline. And here, you know, look, Ezra Miller can't carry a movie. Andy <laughs> Machete can't direct a movie. Christina Hodson obviously can't write one. And they fucked this thing up six ways to Sunday. It's ridiculous how badly they dropped the ball on this thing. <laughs> it really is. It's really, I mean, I uh, in my written review of this, I got into it a little bit. But I, we can get way into it now. But like the the, there are just so many options for them. In terms of storytelling, and the things, you know, exploiting the DC IP, and they dropped the ball on all of it. They chose the most mundane, banal, cheap, generic way to tell this story, and. It is such a profound disappointment. And I don't know how. I mean, look, Warner Brothers gets what you get, what you pay for. This is what you get, man. When you put a movie like. Wait this, a minute, though. Wait, they paid a lot for this. They paid a lot that, for that, it. But, but, the, but the phrase usually means the more you pay, the better it's going to be. In this no, case, well, not in this case. This did not. It's their own fucking fault is what I'm saying. This is this is the bizarro universe where the inverse of that state. Well, here's the other part that, that just blew my mind. This movie costs $220 million to make, and it looks like shit. The CGI wait, in this movie wait, is, wait. You is an embarrassment. Think, you didn't think the dog? Oh, especially dude. the end dude. Especially at the end credits. Was not the pin. I mean, I'm pretty sure ILM is going to get a Life Achievement Award Oscar just for this work. What the hell? And, was, just, and then, of course, the so director bad. comes out. The director comes out because there's all this criticism of the CGI, and he says, "Oh no, that was intentional. We intentionally made it that way because it's it's supposed to be from the perspective of the Flash, so everything looks a little off." It's like, no, that's not true. You're lying because your company fucked this thing up. They either wanted it too quickly or they didn't pay enough and they got some second rate CGI. The, brutal. The CGI in this thing across the board is terrible. You, you terrible. Don't like, you don't like the blowing capes in the wind that look like they're oh. from like 1992? No, <laughs> here, here, the movie opens, by the way, with Flash being called to action by uh, Alfred, played by Jeremy Irons, who's the Snyderverse Alfred. Who actually like is Alfred, you know? Uh, that's cool with me. Uh, he gets called to like go save some buildings collapsing. Yes, Ben Affleck's Batman is like just thwarting a robbery. I don't know. So Flash goes and he runs, and it's it's a uh, like a NICU, a, a nursery ICU. So young kids. Um, or maybe it's just a nursery. The young kids are like newborns are there and the building's collapsing and they are literally falling out the window. Okay. You're, sk okay. you're, skimming, you're skimming over some. <laughs> well, I'm trying to skim over as oh. much as I can. So there was this, I mean, let's back up to the directorial efforts in this movie. Because it is, we've complained a lot. This might be a new poster child for like, if you're looking at dailies and stuff, what to look for when you need to fire a director early in the piece. Because mm -hmm. it is weird. 
there are a few shots that look cinematic and you're like, oh, this makes sense. And then in the middle of the sequence, it'll be like a weird lock off wide shot that feels so out of place, so mm-hmm. two dimensional and so weird. And then it goes back to the other stuff. I'm like, who let that edit get in here? Yeah. Like it didn't it didn't explain spatial time reality or like where things are. Like it was just like, OK, we got shots. Let's cut them in here. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to do a subpar shot and I get in the editing room and I just tell the editor, whatever you do, don't cut to that angle. Like that angle makes me look bad and it doesn't help the movie. And unless it's like, that's the only way to get something to work. Like you don't do it. And they did it scene after scene after scene after scene. And I was like, wow. And so this baby, there's like a crack in the building. And so like somehow the door to this NICU becomes like jammed and how they executed it and showed no tension. It's just people on the outside, people on the inside. The door won't open. Okay. Nobody like throws a chair against it. There's no, no. energy. Nobody tries for anything. Like, we'll just let all the babies die. It's fine. And also, I don't know if they cleared everybody else in the building in like four seconds, but no. why those were the only people in peril yeah. in this whole scene also felt ridiculous. So, I mean, it was just like my brain, I was going to take notes and my brain already this early in the movie was like, I don't have time to write a dissertation paper. Like it is just, there are problems everywhere, literally everywhere. It's nuts. And like, like you say, like there's no sort of basis in reality. And the weird part is, is that in the opening scene of the movie, they are exploiting the whole babies in peril thing, which can rub people the wrong way. Now here's the crazy part of it is that the flash isn't exactly emotionally invested in saving these kids. He kind of doesn't give a shit. And well, he clearly doesn't give two cents because he's just hungry. Right. In the middle of the scene, he prioritizes eating. Well, he he has to do that. That's how he gets his, that's how he gets his energy though. Correct. Yeah. But talk about being lazy. Like I know, I know that he's behind and he's always late and kind of, but like, this man would have a couple candy bars stuffed in a pocket because if you're trying to, and by the way, okay. In the morning he woke up. Why might I not be able to save these things? But then for the movie, he's running so fast to like transport through time, never eats. And it's right. just like, okay, so right. if you have three Cheez-Its, that's enough. You know, yeah. pick a Cheez-It up off the ground, man, eat them. So again, just like they do in all these movies, there's no rules. So I don't know when is he going to run out of his energy. It's just whenever the scene calls for it, oh, he's he's tight now. Oh, no, he's fine. He can do this indefinitely for the rest of the movie. And then right at the climax, oh, it's a problem again. And you're like, God, what a lazy, lazy way to work it. And then with the babies falling, it's weird. The babies look atrocious. Well, do you remember the show Ally McBeal? Do you remember? I was thinking movie? the exact same thing. <laughs> the dancing baby is yeah. literally what they put in this movie. Yeah. Like that technology from whatever that was, 97, yep. is in this movie, 2023. 220-some yep. million dollars, and the dancing baby is what they're throwing out the window. Dan- literally. Dancing baby is falling out the window. Flash is saving them. There's a dog falling that we're supposed to give a shit about. And it's just, it's so bad. Here's another weird part of it. Um, now, hold on. Everybody put on your tinfoil hats. For a second. At one point, as this building is collapsing and these babies are falling, 
you know, we're all human beings. We have experienced this either first or second hand on 9-11 of people falling out of buildings, of buildings collapsing, people, thousands of people dying. Arguably the worst day in American history in, in the 21st century, without question, maybe, uh, you know, of all time. And that is reminiscent. Now, this is not the first time that has happened in a Snyderverse film. In uh, Batman versus Superman, actually in Man of Steel, that sort of happens, but it's referred to again in Batman versus Superman. It's why Batman wants to fight Superman. Because these buildings are collapsing and people are getting killed. He's like, Superman, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like collateral damage. So anyway, 9-11 has been a part of these stories for some reason. So Flash, as these kids are falling out of this collapsing building, he checks his watch. Do you remember this scene? Yeah, I do. You know what the watch says? No, because I was looking at his depleted thing. I didn't look at the time. <laughs> The watch says nine ten. Is that when the plane hit the tower? No, but it's one away from nine eleven, right? So yeah. we're almost at nine eleven. But Flash is here to save the day because he's Flash. He can sort of go back in time and save these things from happening, right? So it's just weird, and that scene is awful. This scene is terrible in every respect because, like you say, the filmmaking. There's no tension between the babies might fall, whatever. There's Flash doing his thing, being sort of indifferent, as opposed to being like, oh my God, I gotta save these babies, blah, blah, blah. And then when he does it all, and one of them he saves in a microwave, and you're like, okay, that's weird. Of course, it looks like a fucking turkey anyway, so I guess it makes no difference. But it's just bizarre. It's, the whole <laughs> thing's bizarre. And then we're off to the races with the movie, and- No, 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 the movie was off to the races. <laughs> We were dragged, yeah. like we hooked our wagon to Flash, yeah. and we are worse for the wear by the end of the film. The, yeah. the it's There's not enough time, and without using visuals, it's almost impossible to parlay to the audience just how every, like, everything is inconsistent. The way they shoot it, the way they edit it, like... Is this supposed to be a comedy? Is it supposed to be serious? Mm -hmm. Is there supposed yeah, yeah. to be like, is this based at all in reality? Or is this all kind of fantasy, campy, camp? And it, it's like, it kept veering from one cut to the other between like, oh, this is peril, it's real. No, it's not. It's a joke. And we got dog with his tongue out. And then for instance, they tried to do this. I don't know if you remember it with the dog. You, you see all these babies falling. Then you see a dog. And they made it seem like, oh, oh, a decision has to be made. Right. One of these things is not going to get saved. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, well, that's a that it's not going to go well. That's a risky move. You kill a dog or kill a baby at the opening of the movie. Your your tone is kind of baked in. So they kind of half set that up. So it came into your head. And then the next scene is all the babies are scooted up. And so you're like, oh, my God, they killed the dog. But then you're like are they going to show it to us? Like, how are they going to make that reveal? And how come I already don't feel like I'm sad that the dog's dead? You know, it's like, you're like, somehow you, you escaped any connection here. And then this weird edit. And then the dog's standing on top of the microwave. 
like, oh, we tricked you. And you're just like, oh, my God. It's it, it would be like a magician fumbling around on stage and he turns around on the desk with something he left there and that's the reveal. And you're like, see, I'm a master. And you're like, no, dude, none of that just worked. Yes, yeah. you got to where you needed to be, but that was 100% wrong all it's, the way through. And, and throughout the film, that sort of stuff happens. And like that, even that action sequence, right? Like there's a chase with Batman and... It, oh my god oh my god oh my god i just remembered okay the dumbest part of that sequence is when batman does his bat wrangler thing to the car oh and he's he, surfing and yeah. he's i mean literally there were a that wouldn't work because we're kind of at this point in pseudo reality world so we're like oh there has to be some rules of this yep. world you right. watch that scene you're like well clearly we're not in the world at all like anything like there's no consequences, it's, no and nothing. It's so weird. Why put that in there? But literally, like it's, 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 pardon me. It 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 reminds me of you know movies before. So so in the eighties there was like Rambo and and Schwarzenegger doing you know all his stuff, and the the action stars were like these massive dudes who were superheroes, really. Like they were invincible, and then they made Die Hard, and Die Hard, which is a movie we've talked about. Um, Bruce Willis looks more like a normal person, and the key to that movie is that he has no shoes on, and he has to run across the glass floor, and everybody can relate because they know what stepping on a Lego is like. So they know it, and they're like, wow, he's vulnerable. And he's bleeding from the feet, and he's limping, and the whole thing. Now, what makes Batman interesting as a character he is, is that that's human. He's human. And as Ben Affleck very astutely pointed out in, I think, Justice League, hey, what's your superhero? I'm rich. <laughs> that was a good that's line. Right. That was a good line. Right? And he is. And But that's the point. And so like Christian Bale being bruised. Oh, we have to change the suit. Well, that'll make you more vulnerable. Right? You Now you can... And he's like, oh, okay. And he, he ends up getting stabbed, by the way. And so it's like, well, it's okay. But it's lighter. I need it lighter. In this movie... Ben Affleck is literally uh, street skiing behind the car. And you're like, what, what is happening? What is going on right? It's bizarre. It's so bizarre. And by the way, here's the other part. It's not even remotely exhilarating in terms of an action sequence. No. It's just, it's, it's leaden. You're just like, what? What is this? Well, now you know it. Nothing matters, right? Nothing matters. knows that nothing matters, and whatever happens is just killing time. Again, why this movie felt like four and a half hours long? Yeah, because it's just you don't so, care. So let's get into the the nuts and bolts of this thing. So what ends up happening is the Flash goes back in time. He he, he wants to save his mother. Now the the origin story for Barry Allen as the Flash. There's there are multiple people who've been the flash um 
but Barry Allen, his mother is killed and his father is charged and convicted and imprisoned for that murder, even though he didn't do it. And Barry wants to go back and stop it from happening. So he's trying to figure out how to do that. He goes back in time. He ends up in a different timeline. There's another Barry Allen who is not the Flash yet. But his mom is there and his dad is there. His dad is played by Ron Livingston. Um, Now, in the other movies, it was played by Billy Crudup. And let's just say this is a downgrade. Um, Ron Livingston is atrocious in this movie. What a shitty, shitty, shitty actor. So do you want me to fight you now or fight you later? I'll fight anybody, anytime, anywhere over this statement of fact. So... Well, I'm not necessarily disputing your fact. Fair enough. I'm going to say none of the cameos, not Ezra, but all other supporting actors in this role. Ron Livingston is Sir Lawrence Olivier in comparison to everybody else in this movie. (laughs) Oh, God. Tell me I'm wrong. I, I, he's so bad. But here's the truth. Yep. Does anybody even come close to being good in comparison to him? And here, okay, so to get along the story, he's he goes back and he tries to save his mom. He saves his mom somehow. I don't know, but then like everything's fucked up and he's in the wrong universe. And like now, Zod, General Zod, played by Michael Shannon, who's from Man of Steel, he's back and now he's going to destroy the universe and or Earth. And the Flash has to find Batman and then find Superman. And he finds Batman and it's Michael Keaton. Okay. I'm going to say some things. (laughs) I want people to understand. I'm saying things. Okay. I got some hot takes coming at you. (laughs) I still... I going and I know that it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun. Yeah. I really like Michael Keaton as an actor. I think he's a fantastic actor. I never liked Michael Keaton as Batman. I thought he was a shitty Batman. I thought those Batman movies, the Tim Burton movies, were shit. Not a fan. Michael Keaton's here. In this movie, as Batman, and I didn't give a shit. But that's fine. Because it seemed like nobody else gave a shit either. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got I gotta double check with you. Yeah. I, I I lost count, but I'm pretty sure it was three times. Yeah. You didn't care the first time all the action in the movie stopped and we did a dolly in to his face to say a one liner. You ignored the first time. And then the second time we did the same shot and he stops and looks at the camera yeah. and says a one-liner. And then that didn't connect to yeah. you. So when they did it the third time, stopped all the action to dolly in to his face to have another one-liner, that missed you as well? Because I thought after three times, that's like, you know, now it becomes funny or, you know, it now works My... or I what they were trying to do. I got a question for you, Barry. Yeah. You want to get nuts? <laughs> Let's get nuts. You know, 
<laughs> I mean, just brutal. Literally, Again, it's just so it's such poor direction. I want well, it's not well that I don't put it in the direction so much as if you watch the original Batman with Michael Keaton, that line is delivered yeah. with some sort of emotion. Yeah. Like the like literally, it's like <laughs> like the director talked to Michael Keaton be like, all right, let's just let's just run through lines quick. We're gonna test some uh some technical stuff here. So you know, save save the performance for when we're ready to roll the camera. And we're just gonna make sure everything's ready. And then they did the rehearsal and he kind of just says, You're ready to get nuts. <laughs> and the director's like, Okay, cut print. Cut, cut print it, moving on. <laughs> Keaton's like, uh, you told me not to act in this scene. And uh, you now we're moving on, and you basically was like, "Wow, you just hung me out to dry." Yeah, it's. Uh, and then here's the other part. So <laughs> the story goes on, and like, instead of Superman, there's a Supergirl, uh, played by Sasha Kaye. Nothing going on there. It's just not. It's not. I have nothing against this person, but like, come on, this is this is a joke. She's got nothing. The character is is ridiculous then there's a bunch of fight scenes against general zod which are abysmal they look terrible and you make know. no sense the choreography is just ridiculous i mean it's just it's junk the bubblehead version of zod that right was like a kid trying to pop a balloon it's like what I, it's so frustrating and then, you know, it comes back. It, there's times when Flash is in, I, I guess, the the Speed Force. I don't even know. But he's, like, in this sort Run of time passes. travel yeah. area. And it goes in a bubble, stuff. and then it goes to, like, the High Council with, right. like, the Coliseum with timelines or something. I don't know. And it just looks like utter shit. Just shit. So we go through all this. And then, you know, the movie goes into the third act and you're just like, I don't care. And then it all looks like junk and then it ends and you're like, oh, can I, can I go home now? So I, it, it's, here, uh, let's do this. I'll go first. This is the movie I would have made. I would have said, okay, Ezra Miller is Ezra Miller. Two of Ezra Miller is twice as bad. So what we're going to do is we're going to figure out a way to get the things that people want to see more screen time and less screen time of Ezra Miller. So how about somehow, right? Somehow Palpatine returns. How about somehow Ben Affleck's Batman ends up in Michael Keaton Batman universe? So then you have two Batmans and each of them look at each other and say, who are you? I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Right? We Here it is. Then they tell the story for the millionth time how their parents died. Everybody's sick of it. Nobody cares. And then they fight. And then they realize they have to come together because they're both Batman and they fight Zod. Things happen. Great. Who cares? Um, but at least you'd have Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton on screen together doing Batman things. And then, of course, you get rid of Supergirl. She's a joke. Just get this character off my screen. She's terrible. It's stupid. Come on. But then the other thing you do 
and I wrote this and I feel like I created a new verb because I said, why in, on earth, instead of having, again, spoiler alert, because we're way in the weeds on this one, Christopher Reeves is CGI'd into the movie. Um, what's her name? We played Supergirl back in the day is CGI'd into the movie. Nicolas Cage is CGI'd into the movie, even though he never got to play Superman. He was going to play him. Um, all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, why not force Gump the Flash's ass into an actual scene from the Superman movie with Christopher Reeves? Where he's like, oh shit, this is wrong place. I'm out of here. Bing, he's gone. Same thing with the George Reeves TV show. He shows up and it's black and white. And he's like, uh-oh, wrong place. I gotta go. Bing, he's gone. Same thing with Adam West Batman. Same thing with, uh, you know, uh, Val Kilmer. You could have a scene where he shows up and he thinks, oh, my, he's Bruce Wayne. Awesome. It's Batman. And, oh, my God. He's sick. He's dying. He's Val Kilmer playing Bruce Wayne with just like he did in Top Gun, right? where he exploits the fact that he's sick and, and everything. And B Batman says goodbye to him and dies. It's like, shit, this is the wrong place. I got to go. Boom, he's gone. And then he goes to whatever. You know, the he sees Forrest Gump him into Arnold Schwarzenegger with Freeze. <laughs> you know, all this shit. Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Whatever it is. You just exploit all that stuff because you have it. And then there's a TV show, The Flash, by the way. Have those two guys run into each other for a second? People would cheer. They would cheer that. But no. Instead, we get terrible CGI of like, oh, wow, there's Christopher Reeve, who's been dead for whatever, 20 years. And is if he were alive, he'd be horrified this is happening. Oh, wow, there's Nicolas Cage, who looks nothing like Nicolas Cage. He looks like some video, 1985 video game version of Nicolas Cage. I don't understand how they couldn't and I get it look you can't you can't Nolan wasn't going along with it Christian Bale wasn't going along with it you can't you have to say okay we can't do that but why not exploit all that stuff just for fan service and just give people what they want I mean, and then it, the movie ends again spoiler alert he's back everything's fine the movie hey we win but then he realizes, oh, shit, uh, there's Bruce Wayne and it's not Ben Affleck. It's George Clooney. Uh-oh. Why not exploit that for something good? I mean, Clooney was easily the worst Batman in the history of Batman. But, like, why not exploit that as opposed to have it just be some cheesy cameo? You have all of this stuff. You, Forrest Gump was what, 95 or something? 94? 93? Yeah, I think it was released in 94 or was Oscar eligible in 94. I mean, put that, that technology is obviously better, right? So why not do that? Why not just have like, there's there's Christopher Reeves Superman with Richard Pryor and all of a sudden there's Flash like looking around like, oh shit, wrong place, wrong time, I'm out of here. I, it's just, it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind that they couldn't just do that, that simple, to just give fans what they want. And people would go see that, and they would talk about it, 
and tell other people, oh, my God, that was crazy. Did you see Flash when he ran it? He was in the George Reeves show from the 1950s. Oh, my God. Oh, this is how people are. What are we doing, Barry? Barry, well, you would, what you are would, we doing? You would think from Marvel you'd pick up on the fact that some of this is, in fact, fan service. You still want to have a story and blah, 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 blah. But obviously, just like other, you know, whether it's, I know they did it in uh, the Star Wars universe when they had the Bubba Fett uh, series. And then yeah. midway through, they just started to make Mandalorian episodes. Right. It was more <laughs> just like, wow, this is terrible. Let's just do another Mandalorian episode. So if, 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 you're, if you're sitting in this dumpster fire for years and you're like, well, I don't know how much people like The Flash. Hey, newsflash, Batman has sold well in every iteration. Infuse yep. more Batman. That would be good. That'd be good. Right. Even um, shitty Batmans <laughs> make a lot of money. I know. I know. So that's not it, it. You and I should not be that much smarter than executives. Now, the cameos for these different ones, it was kind of odd to see which ones and why they paid homage to certain ones and not others. Right. Because yes. I have to say that Adam West version is what you know Tim Burton was being judged against. Yeah. Like that was a benchmark, whether you like it or not. That's like one of the peaks of the entire franchise and how you don't maybe they I mean, could they have possibly not been able to afford the licensing? I can't imagine. Um, but I mean, like what how great would that scene have been if you didn't know it was coming and it's in the theater and you get a right. song pow whammy and like right. his face reaction to that would have made me audibly laugh because what's funny is he is funny. But he's a little bit more like a silent, you know, silent era comedian yep. where you're 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 seeing him react to something. And what they had him react to was so it was like a bad dating movie where there would be an awkward interaction with another human, and then they would try to like pawn it off as being funny. I'm like, this isn't funny. Like like you're looking to infuse humor, but they're not actually funny setups. He's not funny. He's not Robin Williams or something like that. They can institute it on his own. So it it, it was it was very flat. And I'm gonna have to say this. You you already told the spoiler, but uh when you see the cameo of George Clooney, now he was clearly in the worst Batman movie. He I can't think of a worse Batman than him. As a director, he's one of the worst directors of the modern era. And yeah. as an actor. He's also pretty putrid. So the fact that he's a billion dollar movie star, it's almost like he's Bruce Wayne in real, real life that he'd have to be Batman to be liked to begin with. Um, but like when he came on the screen, I was like, why is George Clooney in this movie? I had forgotten that he was yeah. in the forgettable Batman. And then once yeah. he was, I was like, oh, and then I'm like, is he going to be let in on the secret that his Batman was crappy? Like, is he, are we going to get like a tongue in cheek? Like, yeah, I get it all these years later. Cause wasn't he the one that they put nipples on the bat suit? Yes. Which like, is another joke you could have done. Oh, if, if, that, if that than... joke, if like when the, when the Ezra two was sawing off the Batman suit to put it on, if there would have been a play being like, are those nipples on there? The whole audience would have just died. Just right. died and of Michael laugh. Keaton could have been like, oh, that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I mean, like, <laughs> you know? literally, these are low hanging fruit. This is not yes. like writing, and it's like none of that was in there. I mean, or remember the if, nipple controversy? That yes, was like front page news. What if there's Affleck and Keaton and and Clooney in the same universe, and and they come out in their bat suits, and Clooney comes out, he's got the nipples and the cod piece, and the two other ones just sort of look at each other and look at him, and it's like, <laughs> what's? Why do you have nipples on your suit? I don't know. I just thought it made it more realistic. Oh, that's weird. I mean, you know, what I mean? like there's so much stuff. That's that's the that's the uh, Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing at each other. It's like give us right. give us that moment. Give us a moment where these people all and I know I'm sure cost cutting you can't get all these people you know together. It's too expensive. Blah blah blah. But I do have to say I was extremely angry that they did not include Val Kilmer. Yeah, because Val Kilmer a is was a great actor. B like people love Val Kilmer and like how great like so if you can't get him in his current state and you don't want to you know bring in the the sickness he he deserves a CGI moment like right. before Nicolas Cage does but I mean the reason Nicolas Cage is in the movie is I think especially when you're talking about multiverses I think a lot of the fan base wish there was a timeline where we could see Nicolas Cage's movie that almost was yeah. And just be like, I would love to see that. And so this was the closest we're ever going to get to that. And talk about it being underwhelming. He just like spins around and you see this crappy CGI. There wasn't yeah. like a moment. There wasn't like a, you know, I feel like you needed to get Nick Cage's voice or something in because they have to license for his face, right? Oh, he shot. He shot that. Oh, that's, I thought it was just all CGI. I didn't know. No, he, no. Well, no, it is. It's CGI, but he, he. It was motion capture and all that. Yeah. They, they, so they did that with him. And I'm just like, if you're doing that with him. I mean, he's got to have a line then. It's got to be like right. a Nick Cage moment where he's got a cheesy grin and a line. And you're it's like, so that, weird. Would, that would have been even funny if you would have put him, put him in with the, the, the nipple suit and it, Nick Cage talking about Batman's nipple. That right. might be that might be the top of the chain there, right there. I, I just it it's like they missed out on a lot of the good stuff. And like George Clooney coming in, you know, he's obviously turned into the silver fox, you know, with his all of his facial stubbles now white. And he walks out and he just doesn't even fit. Right. Like he, he literally yeah. looks like something off of like what are the where you like sell cigars and like sailboats. He looks like it's a model out of some catalogs yes. for hoity toity people. And he and didn't the, feel like Bruce Wayne. He didn't feel like a playboy. It was just like, wow, who is this douchey human walking in your like, oh. It's funny because he's, you know, this weird sort of concoction from Hollywood of like, oh, he's Hollywood royalty. But then you look at like the work he's done and he doesn't earn that. But you see him in this movie where he just shows his face and people are supposed to go, ooh. But he has no gravitas to him. None. None. He's just this wispy figure. And you're just like, eh, yeah, that's what it is. But I agree with you about Kilmer. And here's the thing, because it is, in terms of a film that's trying at times to generate sentiment and feeling, which we can transition to that discussion real quick, but it's low-hanging fruit. Top Gun just did it with Val Kilmer. They just if, did that. If you're doing reshoots, man. As soon as Top Gun came out and started breaking records, you Boom. get on the phone to Val and be like, Val, 
how much what, what are we gonna do like in, right in this movie was done in such a way you could easily just shoehorned in a minute scene and it right. would have it would and wouldn't dude, have felt look, any more disjointed than it was and i get it that like it's it's weird but like you could have a death scene with Batman, you're going through these different universes, and all of a sudden, it's funny with the nipples, and then we do this thing that's funny. There's, and then all of a sudden, oh shit, this is a real person, and it's like a way for the audience to. I mean, it's exactly how it worked in Top Gun. It's a way for the audience to really unexpectedly get kicked in the gut, you know, and. So it's weird. So let's transition real quick just to the actual story that they made as opposed to the one we wish they made. The major problem with this story is that it's about Barry trying to save his mother and free his father and yet the murder of his mother and the imprisonment of his father all of it is so unclear it is so devoid of any coherency, any dramatic coherency or narrative coherency and any emotion. And so it's just this sort of put together thing where you're like, well, what is this? It's bizarre. You're not wrong, but I'm going to go back to my previous statement that you so conveniently just blushed by. The supporting acting talent in this movie ranks as if we made a move at a list of the top 10 like major movies not like some bad you know independent film that nobody's like this is a legitimate major motion picture release this this is for sure in the top 10 this could be the top three worst supporting acting collective group ever in a film every single supporting actor is not only bad they are offensively awful in there yeah. the, yeah. his his friend that was the journalist if she might be the worst actor i've ever seen in my life like she yeah. had no charisma no awful nothing. it was just it was just awful and then you have his mom there was zero connection between Ezra and his mom and his yeah. dad like so the whole the whole triangle of this movie is him and his dad and his mom that like, we have to buy into that. And we have to live or die. We have to, you know, screw up time, you know, time in history to like make this work. This has to be twilight level passion for these people to like, not go away. And like, never, never didn't happen. Like yeah. all of her lines were just like, almost like a bad actress, just like reading for like a you know you're just having like an open casting call and she walked through none of that and so the only part of this movie where there was any emotional connection they relied on the thing that drives me nuts emotional porn because they didn't do anything that paid off in the movie they relied on you in your own life to dip into your memories and your mm. reality to feel something and it felt so cheap it felt so out of left field and i was just like You've got to be kidding me. This, like, you couldn't even, you get me for two hours and 26 minutes and you can't string enough together to have me feel for any of your characters. You need to basically punt and be like, oh, 
anybody who has a mom is going to feel this way. And you're like, oh my God, talk right. about lazy filmmaking. It drives me up the wall thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, it is. it it is. It's it's so cheap and unearned. The whole storyline is unearned. Yeah. And it makes no logical well, sense well, because we don't like, see what happened. We don't, there's no sort of suspect, right? No. Well, I mean, it's take Zod. Bizarre. Zod's trying to destroy Earth. Okay, we'll just take that at face value. The Supergirl, like this angsty Supergirl, like at one point she's like, "I don't even care about the people of Earth," and then she like flies around for a minute, and then she's like, "Huh, you helped me." Comes back like, "I will help you," and you're like, "That's so unearned." There was no yeah. growth moment. There was no wrestling. She didn't like sit on the sideline and like watch some tragic hero, you know, get overtaken and realize that she needs this. To... Nothing. It's literally like, hmm, let's write on this page this. And by this page, we'll just change their mind. Well, how are you going to do right. that? No, they just changed their mind. And you're like, well, okay. Well, that certainly doesn't feel like a movie. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's so frustrating. The whole thing is frustrating. Speaking of frustration. I have to do my Ezra Miller rant. I just have to. Well, do you want me to say the only rant that has nothing really to do with this movie, but kind of does? Yes. Or do I want to save it for after? Your rant. Because mine's short. I'll say it. Yeah, So say it. If you Google, because Ezra Miller did no press for this. He was MIA yeah. for probably the reasons you're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. He shows up for, I think, the premiere, but he's not allowed to talk to the press. So he goes on the red carpet, takes lots of pictures of him. There he is. Can't talk to anybody. And it was the only images, video and stills of him to promote the movie. If you've not seen these photos or any of the video, just look at how much he looks like a tool. And you're like... Oh, okay. I don't think I don't think he I don't think he's long for Hollywood. He is so yeah. uh it was just I watched that and I was like, uh oh, that's not if I'm a studio studio boss, I'm like, yeah, we're not gonna put him in another movie. Like, yeah. like even if oh, we can survive the stuff, like he's no, this is a this is a hard, hard pass. Well, as as I wrote in my article about this movie, it's sort of ironic that you have a, a Ezra Miller who is obviously batshit in a movie with so many Batman, he's he's out of his mind, this dude. And here's my rant about it. I for, I don't care about Ezra Miller. I don't care what he did. I, I really don't. If he's, I, I thought he was good. He was funny in the, in the earlier versions of The Flash. He's not good in this. He can't carry a movie. What really bugs me though, is that Ezra Miller is, I don't, I don't even know how he described himself as gender fluid or whatever, but he uses they, them pronouns. And I've heard podcasts and I've read articles about this movie and people are like, oh, Ezra Miller, you know, they're talking about how awful they, them is. They, he's, they is so awful for what he did. And, you know, for by the way, what he did was basically groom like a 14 year old girl and like punch a bunch of women and like do, do all this shit, just heinous shit. And yet they bend over backwards and absolutely obliterate the meaning of the English in the English language by using they, them pronouns for this douchebag. And I'm like, what are you doing? 
if we have to say they for this guy and make sentences completely incoherent for this guy, wait, how about this? I will use your preferred pronouns if you're not a complete fucking asshole. How does that sound? So Ezra Miller, dude, listen to me, guy. You are a person, a male human being. I'm going to call you he. And every shitbag out there saying they, them to acquiesce to his demands is just as bad as him. Grow a pair of balls, you fucking losers, you pieces of shit, and stop with the fucking preferred pronouns. Here's my rant. I don't exactly know how to pivot back into this. Uh, do you, do you, I, I texted you an image from the red carpet. I don't know if you can see it or not, but uh, it, it falls right in line with what you were talking about. Uh, just, yeah, yeah, this just, fucking guy. Just, just And here's the thing. Oh, here's the other thing we got to talk about, which we won't rant about now, but I'm sure we will when the time comes. This movie comes out and totally bombs. I mean, just fucking craters. So what is what does Warner Brothers and DC do? Hey Andy Machete, you get to direct direct Batman the Brave and the Bold. So there's going to be a whole new Batman sort of timeline that Andy Machete is directing. And it's like how fucking stupid can you people be? My guy this guy is telling you he's like, "Hey, look how shitty I am at making movies." Okay, great. Here's another fucking $400 million to make a piece of shit. What the hell is happening? Unbelievable. I wish I wish there was a multiverse where this was a thing, but I, from what I understand about him, I don't think he gives this two, two seconds of thought. But I want to live in the universe where Christopher Nolan is like Bruce Wayne sitting in his castle just getting the news feeds from DC and just laughing at the, like, you guys have no idea. You know, I obviously they would have kept him. They didn't fire him, but you're just like, boy, everything they do makes Christopher Nolan look like maybe the greatest filmmaker ever to walk planet. Earth. Uh, yep. I mean, like, literally he just must send, he must send tens of millions of dollars <laughs> as a PR firm directly to Warner brothers being like, just, make me look good just keep doing what you're doing and people will love me more because boy oh boy a i don't think christopher nolan would have tried to take on a, a, a story like this i think it's too doesn't gel well and it's confusing but boy oh boy having anybody with a hand to direct this yeah that like can visually and kind of tell it in a way where you're like okay i'm buying into this that didn't exist at all. And the fact that, I mean, this is a part that was crazy because when I first wanted to get in the industry, everyone's like, you got to have a perfect script. You got to, you know, you got to the best thing you've ever done. And all I see over and over again is train wreck after train wreck after train wreck and people getting work and work and work and work. So you're like, it has nothing to do with whether or not you're talented or any of that. Like, you know, that helps to the few like Quentin Tarantino that become iconic. But for a lot of working directors, just somehow being in the room is enough because there is no universe where this guy deserves another shot, especially at Batman. Right. Arguably the number one property for the whole studio, giving it to this dude. 
Because like, think about this, right? You're trying to break through. You're trying to have a billion dollar, you know, crown to build everything around. Batman's going to be the major pillar in this new universe. What's the upside of this director? Right. The upside's almost none. So you'd be better off going like, could right now we'll we'll throw our hat in the ring. I know it's too late, but uh, our uh, vast of night director. Yeah, we could get him to direct the new Batman, which would be probably too big of a jump. Uh, I I don't know if I would be quite ready for that, but the upside of someone like him doing a Batman movie is exciting. This director walking in and making anything, even if it's 50% better than this movie was, it still underperforms all Batman. Yeah. Yep. I mean, arguably, arguably he could bring something in that makes people clamor for whatever George Reeves, which 98% of humanity have not seen so old. And people be like, I, can we just go back to the black and white TV version? Like that would be better than what's about to come out. Oh yeah. Yeah. God damn. All right. You agree. Is it better than black, black Adam? It is. Yeah. It's only because <laughs> the character's better. Yeah. You know? And there are Batmans in it. But that's the only reason. It's the same generic shit as Black Adam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the filmmaking is just... That, that's the only way to describe it. It's just generic. It's garbage. It's, it's crazy. <sighs> All right. Well, I had my rants about the malignant narcissism of preferred pronouns and how ridiculous it is to respect people's preferred pronouns if they're not people worth respecting. I've had my rants about The Flash and about Andy Machete and about DC and Warner Brothers and George Clooney and his lack of charisma and his nipple Batman suit. I think that point of day, Barry. I think I think our idea of putting in a scene with the nipple bat suit. Yeah. That right there should get everybody fired. Anybody right. involved in this movie that once they hear this podcast go, we why didn't we put the nipple in? They all can't have a job tomorrow. Has to be over. Have a great fourth of July. You're done. <laughs> Here's the other thing to think about, man. So of course they've turned the page at, at DC. Right from the Snyderverse, the you know all that, to James Gunn is in charge now, and he's starting. He's going to do his own Superman movie, which apparently they just cast Superman, some dude I've never heard of. Um, we still have DC movies to get through this year. Okay, well you you the way you phrase that is all the audience needs to know. Not that the movies are coming up. It's not that we get to look forward to. It's that we have to get through. But I yeah. think after watching The Flash, the answer is you don't need to watch anything coming no. out from DC until we get something from James Gunn's team. Yeah. And that's going to be with a giant ripcord that early in that first whatever movie is first up on the docket, if that yeah. thing starts soft at all, just DC needs to be boycotted until they actually bring in somebody that can like somehow do something with these properties because yeah. they are making you well they're making me not only am I getting like the superhero fatigue 
I'm getting the fact of like we just shouldn't make superhero movies anymore. Oh, like, without I mean, I'm the same way. It's like yeah. just shut it down. Just shut down trying to make DC movies because they are just a waste of time. And yeah, that's and bad. It, I mean, that's it, bad. You got to get like bad. Batman, Batman, Superman. And you're like, please just stop making them. That's what they well, have the audience saying. Well, here's here are the two movies that come out this year. We have Blue Beetle starring the kid from uh, the Karate Kid TV show. Cobra Kai, yep. Yeah. And uh, we have Aquaman 2. Okay. Well, here's here's my take. Aquaman 2, utter garbage. Just don't even bother seeing it because Aquaman 1 was just atrocious and Aquaman 2 is going to be 10 times worse. I know nothing about Blue Beetle, but that preview was in front Ooh. of Ooh. Flash. Yeah. I am more excited to see Blue Beetle than I was to watch Flash. Well, God bless you, because that that trailer is it looks garbage. awful. It, it looks awful, but that movie looks like it's be better put together than the Flash was. Yeah, and it certainly didn't cost whatever three hundred million dollars to make. Jeez, man. but it's good. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. But it looks more competently put together, probably because they didn't have everybody and their mom in the decision making rooms. Right, but it does look not good. But I just, I'm like, DC's at the point where I'm like, can you execute something that's not a dumpster fire? Like, that's the, like, can you make just an absolute piece of crap, one of the top 10 worst movies of all time, but have some execution level that makes me not resent the movie? That's right. what I'm trying to get to. I mean, it's a, it's a sad state with DC. It's very sad. It's bad news. Ugh. I just don't know what they're going to do. And by the way, the gun movie if they're lucky comes out in 2025 you know yeah and i don't i'm not i'm not hoping they rush anything <laughs> <laughs> like like i'm like let it bake a little bit like let's make sure this is yeah, good before you run anything our time with it don't 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 rush something that's not ready please yeah and the other problem and again then we can drop this is that like when dc tries to be like marvel and, and they try the witty one-linery type stuff as opposed to like you know having it be darker material i mean dc by its nature has darker materials it's just it the executives who just chicken shit their way into like oh let's try and make it like marvel we already have marvel marvel's overexposed right yeah. so we don't need you trying to be second rate marvel do your own thing do it well it can be dark it's okay it's all right. Fans will like it. Let's, but, put, it, let's put it this way. Comparing the two, I'm going to give a shout out to Kevin. How the heck he has, up until phase four, basically marched through, I don't know what it was, like 40 movies with yeah. different directors that yep. mostly didn't miss. Yeah. He needs to be in some, he needs to be on the Mount Rushmore of Hollywood because like, I don't know how he did that. He and number two, is I think one of the worst reviewed movies of the original, uh, you know, up till uh, Endgame was Thor 2, Dark Fate or whatever. Mm -hmm. I would pay a thousand dollars for a DC movie ticket to have that level of directing. Right. Yeah. Any movie on this yeah. side. And literally nope. people won't watch Thor 2 because it's just so offensive. It's like, it's just, yeah. it's just crap. And on yeah. DC, they can't even get to that level. On any movie they make, any. 
How do you, how do you, how can you be that polar opposite? How can you not find any talent to make anything good? I don't know, but they've done it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess All right, this, dude. This is, this is where we, uh, we, 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 we shortchange, you know, the stock in Warner Brothers, knowing that if there's more details oh, yeah. to come, sell, sell, sell low, sell low. We sell, yes, yeah. All right, so let's wrap this up. Any final thoughts on The Flash, Barry? Absolutely do not watch this movie. Yeah, it's just not. It's so disappointing. I really wanted it to be good. I really did. Well, I thought there were really, that were the like way, I'm the jackass who said it would make $100 million. Yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> Was James Cameron involved with this movie? If not, go the under. <laughs> We go over on James Cameron. Everybody else, it's the under. Yeah, go go under. All right, man. Uh, yeah, not a good movie. Not worth seeing. It's not like anybody. Like I like the Snyderverse movies more than you. I like the director cuts anyway. But like this, this is not a satisfying sort of conclusion. So that's it, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, skip the flash. And apologies for my rants, but hey, you get what you pay for, and you didn't pay anything. So uh, we'll see you next time at the movies you want to get nuts (laughs) (laughs) oh shit (laughs) in the movie theater I was in there was three dudes me and two other guys and literally it was so painful because there was no reactions of any kind there was one laugh by the guy sitting kind of down the row from me but it was like we were all suffering through. And I don't know if there was a post credit scene, but I'm like, I there can't is. Do it. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't wait for it. Yeah. I, I just, those two were waiting. I'm like, you guys are way more diehard fans than me. I just need yeah. to get out of this theater. Yeah, we stayed for, I, I went with my son and uh, on opening day and there were, including us, there were six people in the theater. And we stayed <laughs> like good trained monkeys we stayed for the post credit scene and I could not for the life of me recall it right now. Nah, not good. I have no idea what happened. Is Don't Henry Cavill crying? <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> Poor guy. Ay, ay, ay. All right, man, I got to run. All right, we'll talk to you.